This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. The Renewable Fuels Association acknowledged Joe Biden as president-elect and expressed interest in working with him, while other ag organizations were laying low, not wanting to tick off Trump supporters in their membership. Trump was on the big energy side in the confrontation between them and the renewable fuels industries, and the Renewable Fuels Association thinks that it will get a better shake from the Biden administration. Hope so. Biden pledged that he would honor the role that biofuels play in the rural economy and added on the asset side to the fight against climate change. I'm looking forward to that. First thing, though, is for the Biden administration to become official. Former Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack is advising Biden on ag issues, and he was a very strong pro-ethanol of anyone in the Obama administration, which was too neutral in general. We thought that Obama was disappointing until Trump's small refinery exemption or in waivers came along. That is when we learned what it was like to get lied to. Written waivers have strengthened on the premise that Biden's EPA will enforce the RFS. Refiners would have to buy RINs to comply or blend ethanol. Biden criticized the approval of SREs as reckless. That is nice, but the word of politicians is very cheap, and we will have to see actions such as the rejection of remaining pending SREs by EPA. We hope that Trump doesn't approve them before leaving office. He got farmers' votes anyway. The oil and gas industry has been upping contributions to Democrats just in case. They sure think that they can buy politicians. The ethanol industry, by contrast, has never been able to afford them. Trump's biofuel policy tilted in the direction that the money was coming from. The petroleum industry will be challenged by the Biden administration. They'll limit access to public lands for drilling, favor incentives for electric autos, as well as promote development of renewable energy of all kinds. At this time in 2016, we thought that we had a winner in the White House for ethanol. That is what the Brandsteads told us. Haven't heard a peep out of them about ethanol recently. We will watch who Biden appoints as Secretary of Agriculture and also as the head of the Department of Energy as to where future ethanol policy may go. Former Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack has reportedly been advising Biden on this. He would do well to listen to him. We need to bring this position back to the Midwest again. Former Senator Heidi Heinkamp from North Dakota is reportedly at the top of the list. Some others being talked about are not even what we would have previously described as Aggies. We lost a tremendous advocate for the ethanol industry in Colin Peterson's defeat in Minnesota. His replacement as chairman of the House Ag Committee reportedly come from someone from either Georgia or California. I don't think we can expect as much help from the ethanol industry from them. You're listening to the Comstock Report. We have a weekly broker meeting, and I asked the group what they thought that the pipeline supply of corn and soybeans was. The last time it was tested in corn was in 2012-13 stocks, which were tighter than they are forecast now. I am thinking a 1.4 billion bushel carryover is possible if China buys what I have been told that they would. The demand base has grown since then, so they were thinking that pipeline supply of our corn would be near a billion bushels. That would mean that we would be tight, but not quite to full rationing. In soybeans, we were thinking the carryover could shrink under 100 million bushel as China switches origin of purchases in Brazil 
in February and January to here. That would produce regional redistribution or rationing. These markets have got some work to do. As our stocks are tight, what happens in South America will determine markets. They're experiencing what appears to be a classic La Nina weather pattern. That means that it will stay dry in northeast Brazil and in the most southerly portion of that country. The Mato Grosso tends to get through it. The very late start to planting due to the delayed start of the wet season and the subsequent significant amount of replanting will delay planting of the Safrina second crop corn as well as trim corn acres. Argentina gets hit hardest from drought in El Nino year, impacting both corn and soybean crops. In other words, they will not make up for us, and we may have to make up for them next season. We are going to start out very dry in the plains in the western corn belt here next spring. As noted, carryover stocks of all crops will tighten so that some will need more acres and none will want to give them up. This year I planted about 90% corn. Next year we will be about 60% soybeans. You're listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.